everybody and welcome to episode 22 of the Long Story Short podcast. Every time I say what episode it is, I'm like, how are we this far in? But I am back with another solo episode. This one is a little bit of a weird one um, for me, purely because I am going to talk about my breast reduction surgery. So this is something that I don't even think I have really properly addressed this on social media, which I know isn't the be all and end all, like something that, you know, you have to do. But I think a lot of people might know that I did have a breast reduction back in December 2022. So last year, um, so six months ago from when this is being recorded. And obviously, a lot of my close friends and family know that I had this procedure done. And so many people have said that I should record a podcast. And um, the more I've spoken about it to other people, the more people are interested in getting it done themselves. And, um, you know, they want to know the ins and outs of how the surgery went, how the recovery went as well. Um, so I'm going to obviously talk about that. But just as a disclaimer before we get into it, I'm obviously not a doctor. Um, I am purely speaking through my own personal experience with this. Um, so yeah, just going to put that out there beforehand. But yeah, let's get into it. I am going to give you a little bit of a background as to why I decided to get this surgery. A lot of people who might see me on a daily basis might, you know, see me, obviously I own a gym, so I'm constantly, you know, in sports gear, wearing a sports bra. A lot of people didn't realize that I had such large breasts, but this is something that I have actually had since a very young age. I would say that I developed quite quickly or quite maturely compared to my friends um, or people in my class in school. Um, so yeah, I've always had a bigger chest um, area for my age. I, from memory, started wearing a sports bra when I was like 10 or 11. Um, and I actually remember one day we were running around the yard and it was a joke purely like, and I actually even found it funny at the time, but like people were pulling at the back of my sports bra being like, Vicky's wearing a bra, Vicky's wearing a bra, because they could see it through my t-shirt. And yeah, so I, I always kind of, you know, was aware that I just had matured that a little bit quicker than people my age. Um, then I kind of got into like secondary school. So I was 13, 14 and I really loved them. I was like, not like, you know, I, I would flaunt them. I would, we would go to discos and I would make sure like they were pushed right up and they were, you know, on show. And I really thought, you know, it was as mad as it sounded or as, as cringy as it sounds like, you know, people were like guys were interested in, you know, girls with boobs. And I was like, oh, I feel so feminine. I feel, you know, I really like my, my larger boobs. Um, and then at 15, by the time I was 15, I was a triple D, um, or an E, I suppose, kind of same size, which is quite large, I think for a 15 year old. I was also quite a curvy shape though. I'm, I was probably about God, eight to 10 kilos heavier than I am now. So they really suited my body and like, you know, matched me. Um, however, if you know my history, I, a year later at 16, um, suffered with an eating disorder. So I had lost a lot of weight in a very, very short time. And what this then led to was then totally dropping and basically becoming really like pancakes virtually. So there was no, so essentially our breast tissue is like, it's, it's fat. 
but there was no fat. I'd lost all the fat. So they were really saggy, really low. And I suppose the way I would describe it is that like, if you lifted them up and let go, they would just drop south straight away. So definitely a huge change within a year. Obviously, throughout my recovery, I put weight back on from the ages of like 17 to 20. And they obviously became bigger again, but they never went back to the same height that they were. I'm sure I know a lot of women can probably relate to this after they have kids or as they age. Like a lot of stuff goes south. So a lot of stuff starts to hang. Um, So that was happening to me like at 20 years old, which is probably too early compared to the majority of people or how you know, our bodies are supposed to change over time. So at about 20, I remember having a conversation with my mom and I was like, there's no shape to them. Like they're really heavy. I really think I'm going to, you know, look into getting a breast reduction or a breast lift. And my mom, she won't mind me saying this, but she has um, had breast implants done um, I'm going to say about 10 or 12 years ago um, by a really, really highly recommended surgeon in the Blackrock Clinic, which if you're from Dublin, you'll know the Blackrock Clinic. Um, so she was like, right, you're going to go to this doctor. Um, I don't want to say his name just in case um, for you know privacy reasons, but she said, you're going to go to the surgeon. We're going to have a chat with him. And she was all like behind me supportive, which I think makes all the difference because I think when people on the outside are looking in, they're like, why would you do that? And why would you get that surgery? But I think it really helped my mum understanding. Um, although my mum had the opposite surgery. So we often joke that like, I want the opposite of what she has. So like we're chalk and cheese. Um, but again, she really understood like I wasn't happy with how my boobs were looking. And I do understand as well, like at the end of the day, you know, if you're standing naked, the only person that's going to see yourself is you or your partner, most likely. Um, Still though, I find when I was in a bikini, they were, you know, big and they were droopy. And I'll kind of get into this further down the line because there was a very much a, you know, trigger point for me that I was like, right, I have to get this done. So I was 20 years old. So I went to chat with this surgeon and he was like, uh, I actually walked into the like surgery area or surgeon's office and he was kind of looking at me being like I don't really know what you're talking about (laughs) Um, or I got that impression from him because I was wearing a sports bra and I think I had like um, a long sleeve top on so again like the sports bras that I would wear were like sucking me in on purpose because like I didn't want to expose my large chest so I would buy like a size like smaller but that it would really, you know, keep me tight and keep me sucked in. So that was how kind of self-conscious I was. And I kind of, I do remember his reaction was like, I don't really know, you know, why you're here. You want a breast reduction. Doesn't really make sense. But anyways, let's have a look. So I took off my top. I took off my sports bra and he, not in a rude way by any means, but he was like, right, I do get what you mean now. They are quite low. I think he measured like from my collarbone down to the nipple. And it was like, 23 or 24 centimeters so he like totally understood we should look to you know lift them up a little bit higher um and you know he described that they were like a dead weight so I often think if you were to get a pair of socks and put like marbles or stones in the socks like and you can imagine holding that up that was what it was like so um he that was a bit of a relief for me as well because I you know had kind of gone the past couple of years being like nobody really gets what I mean, but I see it. And as soon as he saw it, he was, he understood. And he, you know, said to me, I understand what you mean. 
let's you know have a chat about this but the one thing he did say to me was to probably hold off for another three to four years purely from a scarring perspective so something that I didn't know is that the older you are the better you scar which is really interesting because I would have thought it'd been the other way around but that was really good to know so that was in I think 2019 Obviously, COVID happened in 2020 and nobody was going anywhere. So I wasn't like in a bikini or anything unless I was at home. So that was kind of two years that had passed towards, so yeah, or three years, sorry, since I'd um, gone for my first consultation that had passed that I, you know, wasn't going on holidays wearing nice dresses um, or anything like that. So, but just, I suppose, as an example of kind of how I was feeling, I felt like with my breast prior to getting the reduction was that I couldn't wear like low cut tops I couldn't wear like those little cute like little crop tops that I would see my friends wearing I also couldn't wear or didn't feel comfortable wearing when I say couldn't wear sorry I probably could have worn them but I didn't feel confident wearing them um wearing these clothes at all was um and as well as like backless dresses because you either don't wear a bra or you wear like you know one of the stickers over your nipples that you know was not a an option for me or it probably was but I just didn't feel comfortable doing that or or wearing those types of clothes I probably lived in a sports bra I'm gonna say 360 out of 365 days of the year this felt way more comfortable for me and like I was saying earlier on it like sucked my boobs in so they didn't look as big as they actually were so even on nights out this would affect you know the clothes that I'd wear because I'd want to wear clothes that were high necked and that I could wear a sports bra underneath I maybe wore would wear a low cut top you know once or twice but I was I was not comfortable I wasn't confident wearing it and then you might have somebody say oh my god I didn't realize you had such big boobs and not that I would take offense to that because I know that person's probably thinking it's a compliment but it just made me feel really self-conscious um bikini shopping was incredibly difficult I there is nothing worse and even still to this day I think it's just a no-go when they have one bikini I hope I'm explaining this right but like it's the same size top and bottom. Like you can't mix and match. And I'm like, how does this make sense? Because everybody has a different chest size to their bum size. Like it's just, anyways. So yeah, if I'm ever shopping for bikinis, even now I always go for ones that you can get a different size top than bottom. Um, My training was also kind of suffering as well. For anybody that doesn't know, I do CrossFit and it's a really athletic, intense um, sport, but there is a lot of, running skipping jumping and I remember going back to about a year ago I would be skipping and I'd have to face the wall because I'd just be so embarrassed of where my boobs were going so I actually have a video as well um of me skipping last September in a competition and versus now and the difference whenever I show that to people people are like wow okay now I see what you're talking about because again nobody wouldn't have noticed except myself I really just felt that they didn't match my body and while I would be the first person to say to somebody who was self-conscious about something oh my god you shouldn't be self-conscious about that like 
you know, I think you look amazing, etc, etc. I am in the mindset that you deserve to feel comfortable and confident in your skin. And I'm not saying that I'm going to love every bit about my body. There's still parts of my body now that I don't love and, but I accept them. Whereas this was something that was really just making me so unhappy. And it wasn't anything that I could have changed myself through losing weight or, you know, building muscle or anything like that. I I didn't have the power, like my boobs were just going to be that way forever. So that I suppose if people might be wondering, you know, if you're trying to, you know, love and accept your body, I kind of felt, well, if I have the opportunity, if I'm able to do it, I'm going to do it. And I've been thinking about it at this stage for about three to four years. So in my head, I had been thinking about it for so long. I wasn't going to regret getting it done. I suppose then the final trigger for me. So like at three to four years of just knowing I'm eventually going to get this done, you know, it's going to happen. The final trigger for me was I was on holidays exactly a year ago, actually, in Portugal. Myself and my boyfriend, we went to Lisbon. And one day we went, we we got a, an Uber to a beach and we were sitting on the beach and I asked him to take a photo of me. And I was standing there like holding a cocktail and he took the photo of me and I looked at the photo and I actually started crying. And that was just a moment for me where I was like, really, really, I have to do something about this and my confidence was knocked and like the mad thing about it is my boyfriend was sitting there saying I think you look great like I love your boobs but I was in the back of my mind going they don't match my body I feel incredibly self-conscious right now I feel like I don't I don't think I'm fat I don't think I'm large but I feel like my boobs make me look larger than I am so that was a huge thing for me so I actually called my mom and I was very upset and I was like, mom, I have to do something about this. And again, given what I was explaining earlier, my mom was very understanding and she said, right, when you're home, let's book in with the surgeon for another consultation and we'll, we'll get the ball rolling on this. So when I got home, booked my, um, consultation appointment again with the same doctor, with same surgeon and I briefly explained how he measured my collarbone down to my nipple and that was back in 2019 so we're going to 2022 now so three years later it had dropped by another two centimeters so I think I was like 25 centimeters down now so they were continuously dropping so the problem wasn't going in the direction that I wanted it to and he said basically said to me right we're looking to do a reduction and a lift and he said, that's perfectly fine. And I don't exactly know the reason why behind this, but he basically said that he will do one part of the surgery and another surgeon who was based in another hospital will do the surgery with him. So there'd be two surgeons on the day. That's not the case for everybody. I think it was the fact that I went through him first and he needed another surgeon to help him with something. So for anybody who might be considering getting it done, i it's not a, a surgery that you need two surgeons, but that was just the way it was um, in my scenario. So after that, I had booked in for December. So six months on from that. The reason I chose December was because personally with my work, December is a relatively quiet time in the gym. People are, you know, uh, having Christmas celebrations Um, you know, it's winter as well. So I wasn't, you know, flaunting myself in a bikini. I was kind of, you know, wearing sweaters and 
jumpers and baggier kind of clothes so I just thought it'd be a really good time um to get it done and you know have the recovery as well over Christmas time so as far as the surgery itself um just one thing to note the official name for the surgery is actually a breast mammoplasty um a lot of people I think have said to me oh you got a breast augmentation augmentation is actually the implant so that is uh to get a surgery where you get larger breasts and um, again not a doctor but that is something that was on all my forms saying that it was a mammoplasty um so as far as price and I am more than open to sharing this with people because I know it's probably one of the questions that people are wondering the most um so breast reduction surgery is very expensive so for those who are wondering my surgery cost 16 and a half grand bit of a shocker I know um that was expensive for me I did not expect it to be that pricey um however that does include the anesthetist fee god that's a hard word to say um overnight stay in hospital um obviously the surgery itself um and then any aftercare you know afterwards I think that was that's pretty much everything that's included um so I am aware that that's quite expensive. I am aware that there are places that do it cheaper. So that obviously was an option for me to go to somewhere that was probably half the price. Or I know a really common thing, um, certainly for people in Ireland to do, is go away. And look, at the end of the day, it is your body. You decide what you want to do with it. I did not feel comfortable going away to get a surgery done to a doctor that I'd never met to a country that I'd never been to and I just the thought for me is that would be just incredibly daunting I've also heard a lot of horror stories about that about those things and those deals and those places so while yes I could have gotten probably this surgery done for a lot cheaper in my head I was like it is not worth the risk and I had obviously I'm I'm going to two very, very reputable surgeons, one that my mum has already been a patient of. So I just felt incredibly comfortable. So that would be my one probably biggest piece of advice is if you are considering getting any surgery done, you get one body. It, it, it is worth the investment. And I know that's easy to say because I've done it, but it is so worth the investment to pay that little bit more for just that bit of extra care. So yeah, anyways, that's what I will say about that. I will also note, and I'm sure people are kind of thinking, well, yeah, Vic, that's easy for you to say, but I was very privileged um, and very grateful that my parents were incredibly understanding and helpful. Um, they did pay for half the surgery for me and I paid the remaining half. So again, a very, very lucky position. I know a lot of people might be in that position, I will uh, or have heard that you can get covered by insurance for it. Um, there is definitely a criteria you need to meet. Um, you know, you need to be suffering with back pain for a certain amount of time. Um, I wasn't. I will be honest, I didn't have any back pain. Mine was purely for an aesthetic reason. Um, but and, and there are some requirements or, or some um boxes you need to tick in terms of like your BMI um, and certain things there so like that if you are thinking about getting it done 
I would, you know, and those are things you're experiencing. So, you know, your, your back pain or uh, anything like that, I'm sure there are ways to get covered by insurance, but that was not an option for myself. So in the consultation, and I'm kind of going to a bit of detail here because I think the prep before the surgery was really important just for my own head and knowing what to expect. Um, scarring was one of the things that was brought up. Now, like I said earlier, my, I, like myself or my partner is the only person that's probably going to see my boobs. So scarring wasn't actually a huge thing for me. Um, however, my surgeon did recommend waiting, you know, three to four years purely from a scarring perspective. However, I'm six months on now and my scars look incredible. You can see them a little bit, but I thought they were going to be looking way more visible. Just it's blown my mind. And I, I actually, you know, they recommend once the scars have healed to use, you know, bio oil and moisturize and all that. I'll be honest, I didn't do any of that. And still the scars look pretty impressive. So yeah, that's just something that I was absolutely delighted about. So if you are, you know, nervous of scarring, I wouldn't be. Um, I know probably everybody's skin is different. Everybody's skin reacts to scarring differently, but it wasn't, uh, it isn't a problem for me and definitely wasn't. And it's a lot better than I expected. So when it comes to internally, what did they do? They took away tissue, obviously. That was the, I think they took, I'm going to say one and a half pounds per breast. So three pounds of tissue total, which is mad. Like that is just insane. Um, they did not put an implant in. So I know that's probably a common question people might have is, and that was a common question that I had at first was when you take the tissue away, aren't they still just going to be saggy? Like what, you know, is going to lift them up? Um, I do not have implants in. And they said that was not the route that they were going to go. Instead, they were going to put like a hammock in. So like a mesh hammock, basically, um, that will hold the breast up. So that is currently what I have in. I do know as well with breast implants, I think there's like a 10 year, like after 10 years of having breast implants, you need to get it done again. As far as I'm aware, that's not the case with the hammock. I think I'm very much set for life um, and don't need to get, you know, another surgery done again. The surgery day. So probably one of the best days of my life. No, I'm kidding. But um, yeah, a really, really exciting day. Although I was so nervous. I think I cried going into the anesthetic. It kind of all, all feels like a blur at the moment, but I was terrified. Not so much of the surgery. I just hate being put asleep. Um, the time, the, the time before that I'd been put asleep was about four years prior when I got my wisdom teeth out. And I also think I cried at that point um just it's it just freaks me out I'm just I think I'm afraid that I won't wake up and that is yeah really scary but my mom she's like oh she, she just has no fear with those things she was like Vic you're gonna have the best sleep ever just enjoy it and I was like okay that's true I'm probably a little bit sleep deprived you know coming to the end of the year I'm tired so that was kind of what was going through my head anyways um so the surgery itself was about two to three hours so I went in at about 7 a.m 7 30 I was checked in right away I um you know got dressed I met with both my surgeons who came in just ran me through everything again um 
everything was really thorough, like really straightforward. Sorry, I did say at the start that I got, I went to a surgeon in the Blackrock Clinic because it was paired, because I had two surgeons, I went to Vincent's. So St. Vincent's Hospital, which is in Dublin. Um, So just anybody who was wondering, I didn't have the surgery in Blackrock. I had it in Vincent's Hospital. Um, So I met with both the surgeons there and they talked me through everything. Um, I was really conscious that I wanted to be small enough. I had kind of looked at a few like YouTube vlogs from people that have had it done. I'd listened to a few podcasts and there was one thing and it's mad because like you can hear everybody say it was, their surgery was a success. And one person, they did say their surgery was a success, but they said they just wish they were a little bit smaller. So that was one thing I had in my mind that really stuck out for me. So I literally kept saying to each of my surgeons, please make me a B cup. And one thing just to note as well, like they can't guarantee you're going to be a B. Like they can make you somewhat similar to that, but it's a bit is arbitrary, the word where you can't be exactly like they just can't. There's no like one specific B size. So just rolling on forward to now, I have purchased like obviously new bras and they are I have a bra that's a B and I also have a bra that's a C. So between a B and a C anyways. To spoiler alert, I am delighted with the results, but that is just something I want to say. If you go in and you're like, oh, make me be, you're not like 100% guaranteed you're going to be a B, but you're going to be somewhere near and around that. And so, but that is something I kept saying to the surgeons. I was like, please make me a B, please make me a B. And my female surgeon, she sat me down. She's really like straight to the point. And she's like, we are going to make you a B. Stop worrying about it. You're going to be fine. You're going to love these. And I was like, okay, great. So that kind of put me in my place. Um, So surgery lasted about two to three hours. And like that got everything checked beforehand they drew on me which that was the bit of the real moment I was like oh my god goodbye skin goodbye you know extra tissue um and going into the surgery I was like shaking but I had a lovely anesthetist oh my god that word is so difficult and she was telling me she was going to make me a lovely gin and tonic which was my anesthetic and that just made me you know relax chill so like everybody was super nice um and then you know they start the countdown and they're getting you to talk to them and then you just you black out like you don't remember anything I woke up and I was just really really groggy like I have been with other surgeries that have gotten, you know, wisdom teeth out or anything before. And um, so you're kind of in and out of sleep for like, God, I say half an hour, probably was about two hours. And I was quite stiff and sore. So I thought I was going to have like stingy pain from obviously like being cut open. And I didn't. What I did have though was my lats. So my back muscles and my chest was almost like I'd done like 5,000 push-ups and pull-ups. So serious doms and just like, if you can, like, I'm sure if you've been to the gym or like, you know, the first day back at the gym after your time off, you just like can't lift your arms above your head. Like you're just super stiff and yeah, your muscles are, are pretty, pretty tight and pretty sore. So as far as pain went, I was obviously on pain medication and really well monitored, like yeah, pain was like nothing. Um, and that was another thing I think I was worried about that I was going to wake up in agony and I didn't. So yeah, for anybody who is worried about pain, you'll be fine. Your pain is like, you're currently, you're currently, you're constantly being topped up on pain medication. It's just that stiff feeling. 
I did have the option if I wanted to stay overnight um, in the hospital. And I remember my female surgeon came into me and she was like, look, you can go home if you want to. I wanted to stay in hospital just for the night. And I'm so glad I did purely just to know what to expect when I did go home in terms of sleep. So obviously, and this was the one thing I actually found quite difficult. I'm a side sleeper and a tummy sleeper. So this was something I had to get used to. I could not sleep on my side or my stomach. I had to sleep on my back, which was yeah quite uncomfortable. But that was one of the reasons why I was like, I want to stay in hospital. I want to be in one of those beds that I'm kind of upright. And I, I would recommend doing that um, just because you just know what to expect for when you go home. So left hospital the next day, went home, was on painkillers and antibiotics for I think the first week. Um, The antibiotics did make my stomach really sick. I felt really, really nauseous. um, And I obviously was eating with food, but I also didn't have much of an appetite. So yeah, that was probably one of the things that did stand out to me. I was just, yeah, not feeling 100% um sickness wise for the first week something that did cross my mind obviously I'm big into my training was that I'm not going to be able to go to the gym so this is something I kind of get into like a little bit further down the line but the for the first week anyways you do not want to do anything like it was a push for me to go for a 15 20 minute walk and I think I did that on the second day which felt great after it but then like I would have to go and take a nap so you're just really tired and that's obviously you've had severe surgery and you've, you know, been knocked out. So you're groggy after it. Um, I did have, I didn't have drains essentially. I know sometimes people will have drains if they've maybe had um, breast implants. I know, I think that's what my mom had. Um, I had these things, which were kind of cool. They were like stickers on my nipples that had tubes attached to them, but they would make this like and an like a little device at the end of the tube. So I had one for each breast and they were really handy. You could like clip them onto your leggings or clip them onto your top. And but they would like vibrate every like, I don't know, half an hour. And what I think it was is like they were just like suctioning the the goo out. So they weren't drains like you wouldn't see anything that for me would have grossed me out. Um, but yeah, that was just something that I had. And that was just, you know, carrying around with me for, I'm going to say it was the first 10 days, maybe. Um, yeah, I can't, can't really remember. So the timeline in terms of pain and discomfort, like I said, stiff, really stiff and just like not wanting to do anything for the first week. And that kind of lasted for like, sorry, it progressively got better. So let me go back on that. Weeks one to two very stiff and sore but like was managed with painkillers I would have needed help getting dressed I would have needed help you know showering and washing my hair I actually went to the hairdressers below my apartment a couple of times because just reaching my arms up above my head wasn't like I couldn't I felt I couldn't do it I'm sure my surgeon would have been like yes you could but I was just nervous of doing it so I would have gotten my hair done probably twice um and then every week you just notice an improvement. So weeks two to four, I had no problem getting dressed. This was around Christmas time and doing my hair. It wasn't a problem. My scars were getting better. Um, And then from weeks like four to six, so like a month on after surgery, like really just not a bother to me. So that would have been like around New Year's. I went away for my birthday 
um, I think on the sixth week, I obviously still was not at the gym. So you cannot, or it is not recommended to go to the gym up to six to eight weeks post surgery. And after, so I went away at six weeks for my birthday weekend and I planned to go back. So kind of like week seven of my recovery and I actually got a chest infection. So I just postponed it for another week. And it was kind of, that was probably the most frustrating time because as far as training went, I couldn't go a hundred percent. And that was what I'd been used to before I got my surgery. So very easy lower body work to start with. So like body weight lunges, body weight squats, um, and that's in a CrossFit gym. I'm sure if you're in a commercial gym, you can do a leg press, leg extension, all of that. Um, obviously check this with your doctor beforehand. I had been going, which I'll get into. I've been going for checkups. So she was kind of giving me the all clear to do, you know, certain things as the weeks went on. Um, so came back to training week eight, but again, I had to be really, really careful. Um, no upper body, like not much pressing at all, actually overhead or horizontally. So no push-ups. hanging on a bar, like for a pull-up was not like no way I could have do, done that. Just the stretching was way too uncomfortable. Um, so I just did more like sweat classes, which is like running bike. Um, then gradually kind of around week 10, I would introduce some skiing, like on the ski erg. So like my arms up above my head, some rowing, I just kind of judged it when it started to feel comfortable. And if I felt at any point I wasn't comfortable, I would stop. So for example, like a kettlebell swing at one point was absolutely fine. And then I was gradually able to do, you know, some light dumbbells overhead pressing. So yeah, I just gradually built on that. But I would probably say at around weeks 11 to 12, I was properly, properly back training, which seems like a really long time but I had to keep myself occupied so that was something that I'd definitely recommend for anybody getting any type of surgery keep yourself occupied in the months that you're going to be out for hence why I started this podcast so if you were wondering why I decided to start a podcast back in January this was the reason why and because I needed to focus I needed something to put my you know an hour of training plus probably an hour of a commute most days. So I had two hours back in my day that I, you know, had to focus on something. And I'm such that type of person that I need to be productive with things. Um, I can't just sit on the couch and do nothing all day. It's just, I really struggle with that. So I thought I need to use my time wisely. And that's why I started the podcast. But like that, 11, at weeks 11 to 12, I was properly, properly back training. Obviously I was back in the gym before that, but not to my full, you know, the full extent of my, ability I wouldn't like now looking back on it 12 weeks of not training fully was so worth it I was so scared about that first I was like I'm gonna have to take you know eight to ten weeks off the gym how am I gonna live with this this is gonna be impossible no I would do it again if I had to in another five ten years time I would absolutely do it again um and when you think about it like 12 weeks out of even out of 52 weeks of the year that's like 40 weeks that you're still able to train for so yeah that's just something I would say but keep busy post-operation checkups were included in the full payment so from memory I had a one-week checkup just to see that everything's okay I then think it was about a three-week checkup and by 
the way like this was three weeks from the surgery and then I think another two weeks later so a five week checkup and then I had a two month checkup and then coincidentally today I actually have my six month checkup so I'd say there was about five or six checkups in there um and this was with the female surgeon who was amazing like both surgeons are equally as incredible as each other but at first when I met my surgeon I was like oh god you know this wasn't the person that I initially went to because I was kind of like passed on to her even though I still had both surgeons so I was a bit like nervous but oh my god like I would highly highly recommend if you obviously want the name I just don't want to give it out over a podcast but message me and I'm more than happy to to tell you who I went to um and I would highly highly recommend so yeah I think that kind of summarizes everything but if I can summarize I suppose how the last six months have gone especially the last probably like four to five months where I've been able to buy new clothes I've bought new bikinis for the summer which I'm going away next week and I'm so excited I've bought dresses that I never thought I would be able to wear I just feel amazing my training as well has in my opinion like really improved but I put that down to a confidence perspective that I train in a sports brand now and I know for some people that might seem so small so just not like why would you even think that's important but for me it's something I just feel so free doing and it's amazing it really has just changed my mood I feel I can go on a night out and pick a dress that I really want to wear pick an outfit that I really want to wear and I feel comfortable wearing it and I'm not trying to shy away from people taking photos or I'm not feeling embarrassed and while some of those things again might seem hard to understand like when you're in that scenario it's re it's really strange and it's really hard because I would have already been thinking and this was me last summer I was thinking I can't do another summer like this where you know I have to buy certain bikinis whereas now I can literally go into a shop I bought a first my first bandeau bikini the other day with no straps and I just I can't remember the last time I would have done that I was probably like 13 or 14 when I last wore one of those so would I recommend getting this surgery done if you have been thinking about it and it is something obviously from a financial perspective you can do I would say do it it is life-changing it really is and I just like some people have said to me you know well what if you have kids later on and they drop again and to be honest if I get the next what am I 24 now if I get the next seven or eight years before I have kids of like summers that I can wear bikinis and dresses that I want I'm sure when I have kids I'm not going to care about it as much but I'm happy like if I've gotten a great eight years of just feeling comfortable with my breasts and with my chest area happy days loving life so yeah I hope you enjoyed this chat I hope you found it useful um if you obviously have any like friends or family members that you think might be interested in hearing about this or you know are considering getting it done send this podcast on to them send me a dm I'm more than happy to chat to people again this is my own experience so I can't speak for everybody who's gotten this surgery but I will say and I think about it every single time I you know I'm in a bikini 
I like send a little message to my mom and I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm wearing this or I can't believe I'm doing this. Or anytime, even in the gym when I'm like, you know, it's absolutely roasting at the moment and I'm going up to training in a t-shirt and I'm able to just strip off into a sports bra. Sounds so weird, but it's really empowering and it just feels really, really good. So yeah. Anyways, long story short, I hope you enjoyed that one. Send it to a friend that you think might find it useful. And please don't be afraid to message me on Instagram um, if you have any questions. So thank you so much for listening. I will see you on the next episode. And we are unfortunately coming to the end of season one. So this is episode 22. And we're going to cap it and wrap things up at episode 25. So we have three more episodes, but this has been so much fun. Like I said, I started this when I got my surgery. So yeah, there's definitely a lot of meaning behind it. Um, But yeah, share the podcast. Follow me on Instagram at Vicky Cornick, as well as at victory underscore fitness underscore IE. I really hope you enjoyed this and don't forget to rate the podcast as well. Anyways, long story short, I gotta go. Chat to you soon. Bye.